Hello and welcome to another episode of the Move Forward Anyway podcast, featuring dream-accelerating inspiration. As always, you can learn more about my Dream Accelerator coaching process at jeffmeyer.org. You can click on the Move Forward Anyway tab and watch all of these episodes in video form, or you can download wherever you like to get your podcasts from. I'm your host, author, entrepreneur, and coach, Jeff Meyer. Hello, fellow successful dreamers. Thanks for joining me again on another episode of my podcast, Move Forward Anyway. I am really pleased uh, to be talking with uh, friends from uh, Detroit today, Shakina and Chris Bodley. Thank you so much, you guys, for joining me on this podcast. I'm excited to hear the progress that you're making with your dream. Uh, I think it's a really awesome, awesome venture that you're up to. And I want to hear about the process and all that goes into it. But before that, why don't you introduce yourself uh, to the audience today? Hello, I am Shakina Bodley, and I uh, partner with this handsome guy over here. Uh, we've been married for, ooh, it'll be 32 years. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And we Congratulations. Have, thank you. Mm-hmm. And we have five sons, and um, we are partnering in ministry together mm-hmm. and um, partnering in life and business together. That's right. <laughs> So yes, we are, like you said, we have been uh, married almost 32 years, and uh, we said we have five sons. We are here in Detroit now. We've been here almost nine years come July of this year, and uh, we were in Florida for 20 years. Uh, With that, you know, we've come here, and uh, we've been working together, and as we've gone on, um, God has just opened doors, and we ended up talking about know what we might want to do together because I was called here to the Michigan district with the Lutheran Church Missouri Senate as a missionary at large uh, in the city of Detroit working with various churches and so um, out of that um, with that relationship and that responsibility a lot of things have developed and we saw some opportunities and also we kind of got feedback mm-hmm. too to see how we could um, how we could minister um, both and in that capacity. Well, tell me about some of that feedback. What kind of feedback did you get that that led to this this moment? Well, I think it. Um, I think people just saw us moving in action. I, we weren't uh, looking for more to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as we uh, were walking out our faith in our family and in our community, people just began um, speaking over us things that they saw us doing more of in the community. Um, or asking us to reduplicate efforts that we were doing within our family. For example, um, all of our sons, um, by the age of 12, we put them through a rites of passage program, which is um, something that is done in different types of communities where uh, we took the men in the family, (laughs) took them men and uh, other men, surrounded them, took them away for a weekend. uh, took a stripped away everything, their phones, their name, <laughs> everything. They were called Simba the entire weekend. Um, and we uh, talked about principles, uh, principles like if a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. Uh, principles like uh, keeping your heart, guarding your heart for out of it springs the wellspring of life, guarding your purity, uh, guarding um, 
different areas of your life. Uh, and the men took them out. Uh, they took them to head to mm -hmm. fish. If they couldn't catch a fish, that was the dinner for the night. So then nobody got to eat. <laughs> we had a little grace in it. One, yeah. one, one of our sons, it was some kind of monsoon in Florida that year. I don't know. He could not catch. So he had to be given, I think, a budget of like $50 to feed six men mm -hmm. and he and his friend. And he had to figure out how to create a meal from that. Uh, so people began seeing um, that and then they were reunited with their families and the men spoke blessings over them. They were given back their names and told them what their names meant biblically. And then the women in the community came and had food and things as they came back. They were sleep deprived. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, they talked about fear. And so when people in the community saw this, they were like, how do we, can you do that for our boys? <laughs> mm. And so these, these are things that people just kind of started mentioning to us about how to raise godly sons. Not that we did it perfectly, mm -hmm. um, but we're still in the fight. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, you may not have done it perfectly, but you did it intentionally and um, you did it with focus. And as a result of that, people took notice mm -hmm. and were wanting more of that. And that was happening already in Orlando or in Florida. That is correct. Wow. Uh, so our oldest is what, 20, he'll be 28 this year. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, yeah, so we've been doing it all along, but when we came here to Michigan, it seemed like God just aligned people um, with us who had similar passions or, um, and it was just the right timing. I think it was a Kairos moment where God just kind of uh, saw that people were in need. So we're in the process of thinking, we're taking our walks and we're just kind of like, what is God saying to us? What do we need to do? And what, what have in your walks uh, and in the last uh, year or so, what have you seen uh, God saying to you? What, do you I mean, what have you heard him saying to you about uh, what's next? Well, initially it was just trying to decide what the name was going to be. And so um, there had been a name that I had for a while. It was, it was Shape. And, and so shape was, you know, spirit, heart, abilities, personality, experience. And because uh, we had seen it and thought, boy, that would be great because of we're looking at how people are formed spiritually, relationally, emotionally. Um, and so and so when we went through that whole process of submitting it, it was like, nope, uh, we, 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 sit, we sent it in, um, tried all sorts of configurations and it just got, got kicked back. And so we decided we were looking at, you know, what else would convey um, the values and the mission of what we wanted to do. And so we were walking. And so uh, one day uh, Shakina was walking and um, thought about Ephes, um, you know, just kind of, you know, figure out how to move the letters around. We, we want to keep keep the focus on those on those core values. And out of it came Ephes, which was um, uh, it means measure uh, in Greek. And so we uh, we looked at that, and in the gospel, it talks about a measure of your faith. And so we looked at it from the standpoint of how we can add a measure of faith, a measure of of, of grace, and all those areas. What can we add to, to to be able to incorporate and empower people to live lives that are going to be purposeful and intentional and practical? E P H A S A S. Mm -hmm. You shared that with me last week, Chris, and I did not put two and two together. I'm a little slow. Oh, uh, that that act, those are actually the same letters as shape. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> so you've come up with a name, the idea of measure of growth of spiritual development. Um, tell me about the, the spark. I think it goes back to your own boys, right? Mm -hmm. um, raising your sons, you notice something that you wanted to uh, be more intentional about. Is that where the spark happened for Ephes? Or even before you knew what Ephes would be, is that where the spark happened? Or was there something else that sparked this dream? I think it began as a slow kindling kind of where we uh, understood that God clearly um, was giving us messages all along the way about uh, working as partners in together. Um, even in PLI, you know, the, when they began talking about, you know, you hear these things like you're the, a pastor's wife and, and what that means to people and uh, what lane that means you should be in for people versus in PLI, they empowered us to say you're his partner. And so I began thinking differently about that um, and mm -hmm. looking at different models uh, where we could maybe even if, if we weren't allowed to do a Priscilla Aquila in the church where we in the community could be marketplace uh, ministers where we are adding value to people. And I think um, the, the spark of understanding that um, God has called us is a reason why you have five sons. It's not an accident, <laughs> and and there's uh -huh. a reason. There's a reason why our marriage has been healthy, and and how God has safeguarded us and and wrapped us. And so I don't. We don't ever want to take those blessings for granted. We always mm -hmm. want to say, God, how can you use us? Will you use us um, in these areas? And so I think the spark, one spark uh, or kindling that really kind of helped us. Our son went away to college, and he said, you know what I noticed that people who don't have fathers, men who, young men in college who don't mm -hmm. have fathers, they behave differently than men who have fathers. And so we, they, our kids began giving us feedback. You know, mm -hmm. you're, you're forcing them to do things, dragging them, and then- all Forcing them to fish when they want, maybe yes. don't want to fish. Yes. Yeah. And it seems as though the older they get, the wiser we get miraculously. So. So they're giving mm -hmm. us feedback about things that we did right, things that we probably could do better. And so that um, that kind of helps us because we know many times in underserved communities, the, um, there might not be very strong male role models or female for that matter. Um, and we wanted mm -hmm. to make a difference. We wanted to uh, impact our community, especially here in Detroit uh, and um, start where we are and then go out now with COVID, we can mm -hmm. be anywhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we're exactly, not. Exactly, right? I mean, as much of a blow as that was to so many uh, entrepreneurial ventures and businesses, it's opened up a whole world um, mm -hmm. to our content and to um, the stuff we want to share. And I talk about this a lot, that your dream must live. And the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing is to help uh, people like you be able to realize your dream so that it spreads, so that it is successful and effective. And certainly we need um, healthy marriages and families that are in, on a solid foundation and men growing up to be godly men and women being raised to be godly women. And so you're really trying to make that, um, make that a priority. Um, so right now with Ephes, and you got the name, I love it, by the way, uh, it's really, uh, it's really great. And with that venture, 
tell me what kind of obstacles or challenges um, both external and internal are you needing to overcome right now? Not necessarily overcome, but acknowledge and move forward anyway. That's the name of the podcast. And the whole premise is we're never going to be free and clear of obstacles or fear, but we move forward anyway, because we know that it needs to live. It's, it's got to work. And mm -hmm. so we keep moving forward, even though we have negative self-talk and challenges from within and doubts and discouragement that hit us, but then we have outside barriers that come in. What are some of the things that you're dealing with right now that you need to uh, address? So I know that we're, we're definitely working, having to work on more of the content that, you know, that will be, and, you know, and being specific because we are, as we talked about, you know, the values and how we empower and equip uh, being able to then not only have that, how we figure out how to do that content or develop that content, we have it, but expanding it and then having the platform, you know, making sure that our social media platform uh, would be able to really complement that and extend it, especially in COVID. I think that was that was one of the issues I knew that when we were looking at uh, communicating this idea, it's like, okay, I already perceive some people that I could begin talking with, but then once COVID took place, because these relationships I did not already have, they knew mm. me from place, you know, it was a matter of saying, how do I connect with people? I'm not in their circle. They're not necessarily in my circle. And yet that's what marketplace is. I mean, the marketplace ministry is, how do you segue into that space and begin to build? And I, I'm realizing the idea of not giving people what I think that they want, or what I think that they should have, but really what they want. And so really understanding that and making sure that, um, you know, we're hitting that target. And so, you know, in regards to not just being also narrow, but also being at least a little bit more wide, because part of the uh, experience that I've had in Detroit was also understanding working in community, how to help with uh, soft skills and realizing leadership and soft skills are important. And so rolling that all into, you know, ethics and understanding that, you know, how do we minister to the whole person? Uh, mm. so, well, I think would just definitely the two that come to my mind would be the content and the, and the platform so that we can have a broader reach. Yeah, I think too, one of the things initially is getting over, you mentioned it, you alluded to it, this idea of limiting beliefs, thinking that you have to be an expert in all things in order to be helpful to people versus understanding mm. God has given you the measure of faith, the effus, yes. in order to uh, bless other people. So I think initially it was just like you you start out like many people in the Bible when they were first called, mm -hmm. who are we to do this? Mm. Have what we, do we have what we need mm. in order to be successful versus who are we not to do it if God has called us and placed it in us? So mm -hmm. uh, I think extinguishing some of those limiting beliefs uh, understanding that it takes, um, it's a journey, it's not a sprint, that we're just going to have to keep um, uh, making connections, uh, whether they be virtual, whether they mm -hmm. be face-to-face, -face, uh, whether they're on the phone, however we need to make connections, and also understanding that we didn't have to do um, somebody else's model, uh, meaning uh, there are people who want to go into business, and they spend thousands of dollars on marketing research, and this, that, and the other, and um, and that's not saying that that's not helpful. It, it just might mean that um, 
you might get somebody else's opinion about what you should be doing versus uh, what God may be saying you should do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we we have some counselors around us, mm-hmm. but I think the more people we have around us to help us flush out the vision. So uh, I think those are one of the uh, things that we need more of, um, you know, mm-hmm. incubators and things like that. Um, and so I think that those are all helpful that will help move us forward along the way too. So it's a, it's a fine balance, isn't it? To have advisors and uh, to have counsel and, and that's really helpful, but not have, not have many advisors or too much counsel, or we can spend all our time thinking about designing and figuring out the whole thing before we take steps forward. I love the way you you had that experience in Florida where you just did something that you knew you needed to do with your sons and it was affirmed and you did not figure that all out before you launched. You you figured that out as you went yeah. uh, and designed that as you went. So I talk a lot about a minimally viable product. Like it, we need to develop something that's minimally viable and put it into the market and test it. And, and then listen and see what kind of response we get. And too many people think too much about it and don't take enough action. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's also interesting because you're in ministry um, and because I'm in ministry, there's something interesting that's happening here too, you guys. And that is for me, this is what, this is what the church should be doing. And this is what the church should have been doing mm-hmm. all along. Some people will uh, be challenged by what I'm doing with like the Dream Accelerator. And they go, why, why are you doing the Dream Accelerator? You're a pastor. Mm-hmm. Like, well, because fundamentally, every person is a co-creator with their creator. Mm-hmm. And so I'm only doing what the church should have been doing all along. But I found it more uh, more ability to actually have it happen alongside the church and not try to bring it within the church. Do you resonate with that at all when you talk about Ephes? Yes. And I think that has been, so let me go back. So when we were in Florida and we were at uh, the uh, first assignment and God had just placed some things, I, I was really, you know, wanting, we, we were talking about ministry, we were in PLI and we were looking at what we were going to do. And um, at that time, Norb and Jackie Esch were the leaders of PLI and Norb had come down to Orlando because we were, we were, we had a multi-ethnic congregation. We were, you know, young. And so we went out there and showed them and said, yeah, we want to have this uh, child development center. And we took them out to this movie theater where we were going to have it used in multiple ways, a child development center, overnight daycare. And, and we were there and he was there and he asked, he said, so who's going to help you with that? Uh, well, well, we have leadership that's here. He said, okay, so what, you know, who's going to do what? And I really did have an, have an answer. I mean, um, we, we knew that there was a need. Uh, and yet then as we went on through the, you know, a year or two, uh, we realized that there were people still, there were younger people that were with us that were excited about it. They were busy like us, but realized it was a challenge. And I realized one day a young man came into the office one of our, you know, proverbial sons, not our biological son. And he came in, I started sharing with him the vision. And he said to me, he said, Pastor, do you think that's vision that God gave you and not the church? Mm. 
at that moment I said, wow. And then what happened was that that came two other times from two different people and two different other scenarios. And I was like, okay, so the things that I'm looking at and wanting, although I know they're important, the church wasn't really ready for that because the church mm -hmm. had its own definition as to what it meant to be kingdom as, you know, as opposed to being church as opposed to being kingdom. Yeah. And I think too, I think a lot of times as church, as church people, quote unquote, church mm -hmm. people and, and, and pastors and wives and uh, partners, I think a lot of times um, we think it's selfish. Sometimes we have to get out of the, you know, we think, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. You know, mm -hmm. I gave my life to Christ. And so in order to, we have an old framework as well. So we think it has to be in the church when very often, when you look at Jesus's model, he was rarely <laughs> mm -hmm. in the church <laughs> doing ministry, so to speak. Uh, and so it's important for us, you know, to think about the idea that maybe God is calling you, like Bali said, this idea that maybe the vision that God is birthing in you is for you to do outside of the church, but taking the kingdom with you as you go uh, and being okay with the kingdom, having on blue jeans and sleeves rolled up outside versus a, mm -hmm. a three-piece suit on inside a, a, a sanctuary mm -hmm. that's air controlled. Uh, and so that I think that's even more now God is sh showing us that um, the worship, if we're abiding in him, is not connected to a building directly. Mm -hmm. Our worship, mm -hmm. wherever we are, um, and so that can be uh, taking your business to secular spaces mm -hmm. uh, and, right. and taking, taking the Jesus right. you love with mm -hmm. you. That's right. I love that. I think there's a, there's a tension. I think it's going to get less and less. Your sons will probably, your son's children will probably l experience it more than we ever will get to. I think we're kind of like catalysts right now. Um, and that is the comfort level with mission and ministry happening outside the walls of the institutional church. However, as called pastors and um, partners in ministry within these institutions, there's this ongoing tension between you, you called here to take care of us and you're doing all this stuff outside of here. What, what's going on? What about us? Um, and also something I've really wrestled with, I think with my sabbatical, when I took six months and I was like, I'm, I'm leaving the local church for six months. I struggled with my identity. Um, I was like, I wasn't sure I was coming back. Mm -hmm. And I, who am I if I'm not pastor Jeff? Right. And somehow I, I think this, this is unique in the church space, but maybe not. Maybe there, maybe this has happened in the world too. Like we almost lose our own identity, our own vision in the process of leading a congregation. Like our vision gets swallowed up by taking care of what everybody else wants of us. And I think it's really important for anyone who's listening to this. You might have a dream that has been in your soul burning in your heart for a long time that you've just kept pushing down because you feel like it's either selfish to pursue it or whatever you're doing now isn't going to allow you to do it. It's, you know, whether it's a day job or, or some other expectation of family or whatever. Um, how do you 
remain true to yourself and your own calling in life. Um, what I, I don't even know what I'm asking here. I guess I'm just kind of preaching. Um, preach on, how preach. would you how would you encourage the listener right now to to be true to themselves in the process of you know following their dream and following their heart? Well, I think that it's always important to realize that everyone has a calling and that oftentimes we have made that word so unique only to the church as opposed to understanding that we have a calling, a vocation, whatever, however, mm -hmm. that's even an issue. We have to expand our vocabulary so right. that it's more inclusive and more specific and more intentional. Uh, but understanding that and, and understanding how God works uh, in us, because there are some things in us that, you know, Psalm 139 says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And mm -hmm. I think that when we recognize that we're fearfully and wonderfully made, then that allows us not to be put into a cookie cutter, but to allow that, you know, God can allow for the walls to be moved. And I, and I just love Joel too, Joel too, you know, where he says in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. My sons and my daughters shall prophesy. My old men will dream dreams and my young men will see visions. And I think that you don't just see visions only in the church. You can see vision. Uh -huh. You see things, you see a preferred future. You see what could be. And I think that all of us can see things that what could be, and it just burns inside of us. And I think for us to ignore it, that something will die. That's how I've always felt. I mean, so when people ask me, I'm like, I, I just can't let that go. I'm, I, I, I'm not going to die. I'm not going to sacrifice or give up the vision that I believe God has placed on me uh, or in me to do. So I don't, Shakina, I don't know. I, I, I think I agree with everything you said. And I, I am I, writing this down. This is so good. See what could be and pursue it. Otherwise something in us will die. Yeah. And, and I, something I, that should be in the world that you were specifically designed to bring into the world won't be in the world. Yes. I think wow. We have been confusing vocation with location. And the reason why so many of us have a holy discontent with our jobs um, and um, so forth is because we understand what that means, that holy di discontent in the sense I should be doing something more. God is calling me to something more. Mm -hmm. And instead, we change our vocation for work. We make work versus job, mm -hmm. right? So we say, um, a job is where you clock in and mm -hmm. out. Work, you know, mm -hmm. is always before you. And mm -hmm. the work of the Lord is not uh, limited to a location. You know, right. like they say, with a job, you can't wait to clock out. With a job, you can't wait to wake up in the morning to, to get mm -hmm. busy to work, mm -hmm. to get to work. Mm -hmm. And the work that God has called us to is most often not in the church. Uh, it's most often to, to expand his kingdom takes people who have courage to be outside mm -hmm. interacting with the forces of darkness and evil, mm -hmm. uh, even though that can be in the church as well. Maybe yeah, make that plain. Yeah. <laughs> also this idea that we understand that we are working for the Lord. We don't have jobs for the mm -hmm. Lord. So that mm -hmm. work um, goes in and out of spaces and time. And it, it has seasons. Mm -hmm. A job is, 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 is has a, a lifespan uh, a work has longevity and it's what you do from the time you are conceived to mm -hmm. the time they put you back in the ground and so i think mm -hmm. that uh, we need to kind of always talk about it being the lord's work that he's doing in us 
through us, mm-hmm. in spite of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we will have courage to kind of, you know, keep the vision alive. I often ask my husband, so if, you know, you, you knew you were going to be a pastor, you're almost at the age where you can retire from being a pastor. You've almost been a pastor for 30 years. What's next? <laughs> and I ask myself, what is next? Uh, and so, um, the idea is, and I think people think they have to be buried standing in the pulpit in order to have been an effective minister of the gospel. Mm. When very often God may be transitioning you to do something else. I'm not saying that's for him. I'm saying that for all of us, there comes a time when we have to analyze and say, mm-hmm. you know, God, where do you have me? But if I'm not going, doing this by automaticity, right? If I'm just doing this because it's easy and I know what, what I can do and and um, and not have to think about it, then mm-hmm. that may be something that you want to stop and think about. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be that easy. You should be problem solving. Right. You should be, uh, right. it mm-hmm. should be work. Mm-hmm. And when she asked me that, I mean, it disturbed me. Uh-huh. It, it disturbed uh-huh. me deeply. Yes. Because I looked at her in, in her realm and from my perspective, I, I saw it and I said, you know, she has, multiple ways to be able to work in community. And uh, it wasn't about the the location. It wasn't about the title. It was about the idea that she also had, from my perspective, a skill set. And for me, it's just, now, this is me. This is not me talking about other pastors. It's just me. I said, from my perspective, as a pastor, what do I have to present to the society, to community? What is really marketable that I have that's going to bring about change? And people are going to say, we need you. And I started, that troubled me. And I started thinking, I said, hmm, I really, really need to uh, think about this. And so, uh, so from the standpoint of, I realized that leadership is very important, you know, and so uh, leadership is so many, with so many facets to it and being able to figure out, so where could I make sure that I incorporate my faith and leadership and affect change. Yeah. And so that has been that has been that ongoing dialogue that I have in my mind. And as I go forward, as I'm seeking to prepare myself, I'm I'm then working to say, what tools am I adding to the toolbox so that even after I retire, I still have something valuable to offer to small circles, medium circles, larger circles of people. Where, where our um, gifts and passions intersect with the world's deepest needs, there is a golden, um, there's a golden nugget there of a, a emerging dream. And I hear that you guys is that um, the passion is leadership. The passion is relationship. The passion is spiritual growth. The, the need is soft skills the need is our relationship skills the need is what are some of the other needs that you see that you are burdened with uh not in a negative way but a a positive life-giving way that that drive you to keep growing your content um what are the needs that you see right now in detroit around the world as you hear back from your sons i think um things that just keep coming up. I work in a variety, he kind of alluded to it. I work in a, I like to say, I work from the womb to the tomb. I'm a speech language pathologist. So I see kids when they're first entering the world and grandma and grandpa as we're saying goodbye, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what I notice with working in, uh, in Detroit, especially in our public schools is um, you have 
you have the Matthew effect, right? Those who have get more and those who don't get less. And so we see that on every front. And what I think COVID has demonstrated to us is that um, those who don't have, when trouble comes, they get it worse. Yeah. And this yeah. happens academically, mm -hmm. uh, this happens financially, uh, encouraging people to think about their families and the systems of finances differently. And so we're growing into this. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not like we have it all figured out, but we're seeking partners and and at least being able to show people directions about, mm -hmm. okay, here's how you can shore up your finances. Here's how you can help your children read better. This is uh, how, if you don't have a skill set, how we can retool you to get you back to apply for a job with greater, uh, greater uh, skill sets. Mm -hmm. This is how uh, you can grow in your faith and help to not only grow, but turn around and, and disciple somebody else. Um, and so I think that all of those uh, ideas of uh, helping those who are being most uh, impacted uh, in the Detroit area by lack of literacy, by lack of jobs, economic growth, mm -hmm. uh, stagnant communities, um, not necessarily understanding their home ownership. I mean, he's worked with everything from habitat to humanity, all the way down to getting computers and getting people uh, job skills and helping people learning how to uh, send an email. Mm -hmm. uh, so mm -hmm. it's simple things that can make a difference. And you always talk about, you know, if you change the man, mm -hmm. you change the family right? Mm -hmm. If you can impact that man, you can change the direction and the future and the, the wealth and generational wealth of that entire family if you, right. if you empower that man. Right. So. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that uh, it's, I think they call them, it's like a, I'm messing up the phrase, but it's like where uh, a lot of people don't have the social capital, the social capital in regards to, you know, when they want to move and how they want to move. And it's a whole, they want to have something, they want to do something, but because sometimes of their environment, that social capital is limited. And I've seen that. And I've also seen how people have been a blessing uh, to me, to us and to ministry, how people as we, as you know, sharing vision, others people can say, hey, we can help you in this way. And, and, and I've seen the amazing partnership. And so one day I was just sitting thinking, I said, there are a lot of people who don't have the access. I'm thankful when you talk about having privilege in that way, there was a privilege of people saying, okay, I'm connected to a ministry, to a church. And so it opened doors. And so I began thinking, well, how can I begin helping to open doors for other people who can't necessarily walk through, don't, don't know what door to walk through. We don't know what to ask for. And so I think the ability to bring, uh, to bring equitable access so that people can therefore uh, have confidence and then move in that confidence and have that identity uh, to be able to set the goals and then know how and where to where to go in order to continue achieving those goals in their lives. Tell me about some of those partnerships. Do you have some conversations without, I don't maybe breaking any confidences or anything, but do, do you have some kind of partnerships that have emerged in your conversations? So yes, we've had, some have been just unbelievable in regards to they have just come from nowhere. So because initially <laughs> from the church, because of what we've been doing through, uh, through ministry, uh, like DTE is one of the top 
companies, utility companies in the city of Detroit. And someone had told them what we were doing in regards to soft skill training. In fact, uh, there was a gentleman who worked for DTE. He's like the manager, worked on the east side, and he was wanting to consider, you know, how, what can I do in the community? So he just happened to look up A to E because he's Lutheran and looked at the dish website, saw, you know, what A to E was, what I was doing, and came and asked, hey, could I talk to you? And so through the conversation, we began to realize, he said, how can I help to employ people? Uh, I would like to employ people. And is there a way that uh, you all could also be a conduit to connect people to DTE? And it was amazing because they would even help them go through the process of getting certified in areas, being aware when they were going to post the uh, employment opportunities and they were, they were coming along with us to help get people ready. And so that, that one happened in COVID uh, and wow. it was amazing. And so, you know, it's limited because we still have limited connections with people out in the community, but there were like 35, 40 people who showed up virtually in order to go through the training yeah. that DTE, DTE provided. And I think approximately five people were hired because there were limited positions. Wow. They hired people from the east side of Detroit. So that's just one of those partnerships that's just amazing and looking forward to expanding on as we, as you know, once we're coming out of COVID. Yeah, yeah what's really affirming in all that is you hear people asking the same questions. Mm -hmm. And there's been no logical, there's been no logical reason why you would connect with the, an energy company in Detroit. But there's a movement happening. And the movement is about bringing things into our world that will actually help people and will build communities and strengthen families. And when you stumble across people who are asking the same questions, it's a really powerful moment, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes. And God is definitely definitely uh, attempting to, um, I'm say attempting, God wants to do great things um, and he needs willing vessels. And so as we say yes, uh, mm. he can use us. Mm -hmm. Now, if we say no, he'll use somebody else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> His right. work will get done, but I want to be a part of whatever he's doing. Mm -hmm. And that's- Oh, I want to be a part of it. I want to have the fun of it. Like they said in Hamilton, uh, I want to be in the room where it happens. happens. <laughs> I love that. So if you're sitting here listening to this conversation on this podcast, um, just- just underscore what Shakina just said, like there is something in your dream that you're thinking about where there's an excited, there's, there's an adventure and an excitement and a blessing for you as you engage that to be in the room where good stuff happens. And if you don't do it, then who, right? Someone else might, but then what will you miss out on? That's a, uh, I think the risk of not pursuing our dreams is much greater than the risk in pursuing them. Amen. Um, so I, I just think that's great. What else do you want to celebrate about what's happening for you guys? And as you dream about Ephesus and it starts to take shape, no pun intended. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I think it's wonderful that, um, you know, we've known each other a long time and mm -hmm. it's something about when you're dreaming, um, the joy that comes just from dreaming. Uh, and yes. it's not as if you have to see it in manifestation <coughs> the way you anticipate it. 
it's the idea that there is something like Bali says, a preferred future, something where you can kind of think about um, something that, uh, and I think, you know, if you look, look at the neuroscience behind dreaming, you know, and having visions, how you are producing great uh, endorphins and all these things and kind of wiring your brain a little bit as you began to think about what could be with God, mm-hmm. um, what God can do and how he can use you. And I think that's going to be important. This is why some, you know, uh, I think it's going to keep our minds young. I think it's going to keep us energetic. I think it, you know, as we're walking and we're talking and we're enjoying and dreaming, uh, I think it also helps our marriage. We're not sitting up just watching docu-series and snoozing. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and we lost the COVID-19 we gained, you know? Um, yeah. Right. Uh, Only 19? I mean, come on. Yeah, we were good. We were bad. But, uh, uh, but the, the idea of a dream, um, mm-hmm. uh, dreams are powerful. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So as you think about right now where you're at, so where you've come from in the past, where this thing could go, um, what is or what are the next steps or the next things that you need to get after to keep this thing moving forward anyway? Well, definitely, as we mentioned before, the content and being able to put that in the, mm-hmm. you know, put that in the, in the mode so that it's gonna be accessible. And then, like we said, the platform mm-hmm. so that we can push that out, uh, it's gonna be very important. And I think, for me personally, it's just continually making sure that um, I'm equipping myself because I just think that leadership is there. And, and so that area of being able to listen well to people and then being able to say either we can help you right now or, or we gotta, we're working we can, on that. We can help you find somebody who can yes. help you with that. <laughs> yeah. exactly. But definitely understanding and knowing you know, what seems to be the immediately the low hanging fruit for us that we can continue to provide. And, uh, and hopefully we, we have people that are satis- satisfied and will tell, tell others about it. Yeah, yeah. that's really good. Um, there are people here listening. They've had their own dreams. Uh, maybe it's been, it's been dormant for a while. Uh, this conversation has no doubt sparked some imagination in the hearts of the people who are listening and paying attention. I want to give you the last word. Um, what do you want to say to them? What do you want to say to encourage them? I will say, listen, do not dismiss the day of small beginnings in that regardless of where you are, that God is there. And that even Joseph thought his dream was at an end when he was in prison. And yet God, the, the key phrase was, and the Lord was with him. Mm. For me, that has always been encouraging that even if I was in the proverbial pit, that it was important that God said that I'm with you and that God can still bring things alive even when you're not at the finish line, but you're in process. So I think people should celebrate, even if you're not fully there, to recognize that God is doing a great work in the process and that uh, we once heard, you know, it's always the middle, that's the tension. And so yeah. we're understanding that if we're in the middle, that's good. And if we're still yearning and hungering and are having that desire, 
God is going to use that desire and God is going to use the process to really to frame us, to fashion us, and then to finish what he started in our life. Awesome. What would you like to say, Shakina? Well, he said it pretty well. He I said don't... it pretty good, didn't he? <laughs> I was going to just say amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> but I, I, I want to also encourage you that if you are uh, limiting yourself, don't let the, uh, the, the dream killer in your life be you. Mm. Um, that um, I think it goes back to uh, understanding how much God loves you and how perfect his love is for you and how he's created you for such a time as this, that you're alive right now for a reason, for a purpose. Mm -hmm. Do not doubt what God has started in you. Allow him to finish. It doesn't say you have to finish. He said he who began the good work in you will bring it to completion. So don't Block your blessings by being a hater on yourself. <laughs> oh, man, that is so good. I think the biggest obstacles are our own. It's our own heads, our own hearts. Yeah. The enemy. Of the <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. You guys, what a delight to talk to you again. Uh, I wish we were closer geographically um, so we could hang out more. I wish COVID was gone, too. So, But God is with us. Yes, it's going to be good. Um, how can people uh, get a hold of you if they want to know more about Ephes or about raising five sons uh, or anything else for that matter? How can they reach you? You can reach us be, by, via email at ephesconsulting at gmail.com. Um, that is the quickest way to get in contact with us. Uh, I don't want to give my personal number out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, no, that's good. But if That's you fine. Us, we will email you back. Ephesconsulting mm -hmm. um, at gmail.com. Ephesconsulting awesome. at gmail.com. And it's E P H A S yes. consulting, just mm -hmm. to be clear for everybody because we don't have it printed out here. We'll make sure that's in the show notes for you, uh, listeners. And uh, when Shakina and Chris say they will respond, they mean it and they will do it. So if you have any questions, if you have any ideas or partnerships that that are that you you're like, oh, my gosh, we're talking about the same thing. Please reach out to these two. Uh, they're just the best. And I wish you both the best. And I wish you the fruit of the kingdom on your venture uh, moving forward and a rich blessing on your family as that continues to expand as those those young men become older men. And, you know, it's just amazing um, how quickly they grow up. And I've just been celebrating, uh, I think it's lacrosse, uh, the games that you keep posting on Facebook. I keep celebrating. Uh, they're playing so well. That's, that's so great. So thank you guys so much for being on with me and uh, God richly bless you. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. You too. God bless. Hey, fellow dreamer, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Head over to my website, jeffmeyer.org, for all the show notes and links. And remember, fear will come, fear will stay. Move forward anyway. <laughs>